The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. And the hope, too, in this film is shown through people who are taking real risks to love their neighbors uh, across these ethnic lines, building together, and we need to know that those people are there, and those are the people who really need our support. Hope in the Holy Land is the title of a new film, and we'll talk about it with producer Justin Crone on this edition of First Person. Welcome to The Conversation. I'm Wayne Shepherd. The film seeks to delve beneath the surface of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, so stay with us to hear more. But just before we get to the interview, please take a moment soon to visit firstpersoninterview.com and check out the schedule of upcoming interviews. We'll focus on Christian persecution next week, and historian David McCullough will join us at the end of the month. The complete schedule is online at firstpersoninterview.com. The film, Hope in the Holy Land, premiered recently to great reviews. We'll place a link to the film and the reviews in our program notes at firstpersoninterview.com. Justin Crone visited the studio here a short time ago. Justin is the co-creator and producer of the film. His own testimony has been told on First Person previously, and that interview is in our archive. But to reacquaint you with Justin, I began by asking him to give a little synopsis of who he is. Yeah, so there's really two values that kind of motivate uh, my life, my ministry. It's that, uh, one, Jewish people deeply mattered to Jesus, so I believe Jewish people should deeply matter to us. Uh, So how can we learn how to better love our Jewish friends and neighbors? Uh, And then I think a part of that, too, is understanding that Jesus was Jewish and that I think if he was Jewish, his Jewishness should matter to us. Uh And so how can we learn more about Jesus and his Jewish context, which I also think helps uh, Jewish people better understand who he is and and, uh, what he was about. And you do that through speaking and other means, and now this film uh, that we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah, so I have the pleasure of getting around to different churches and, and schools uh, to, to share about God's heart for the Jewish people mm-hmm. and, and more about Jesus. Right. Okay, I want to know about Hope in the Holy Land. Uh, I was able to preview the film just before its release, and so I've seen it, and it's remarkable, and I want our listeners to know all about it. So yeah. let's talk about uh, Hope in the Holy Land. Where did the idea come from? Yeah, so... Uh, Ten years ago, uh, my good friend Todd Moorhead uh, produced a film uh, called Promised Land, Israel Through the Eyes of Surfers. And it's about his friendship with an Israeli surfboard shaper. Todd Todd himself is a surfer, and you'll see some of that. Pretty unique, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I saw some of that footage. Uh um, And, uh, you know, that film really captures Todd's heart for Israel and and for the Jewish people. Great film. Loved it. Uh, Had the uh, privilege of hosting the premiere of that film in Chicago. Okay. Now, how do you know Todd? Well, that's how we met. So he comes out with this film. A a mutual friend of ours shares it with me, and he says, you got to see this film. And I watched it. I'm like, i got to find out who who this Todd is. (laughs) So I reached out to him, and I said, what would it take to to host the premiere in Chicago? Um, And he told me what to do. And he flew out for it, and we just became fast friends. Our, our hearts beat for the same kind of things. Okay. He leads tours to Israel. I lead tours to Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got a lot of Jewish friends. But he, he's coming from a background that's different than mine. I mean, he's a Gentile Christian, so it's 
to me, that's always interesting. I'm a Jewish believer, so to me, it seems like, okay, natural for me to have a heart for Israel and the Jewish people, but, you know, here's this Gentile yeah. Christian who does, um, and those are all, oftentimes my favorite Christians. So <laughs> uh, we became good friends, uh, and at the, around the same time his film came out, there were two other films that came out about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And quite honestly, I didn't think they fairly represented the conflict. I felt that there were certain aspects of the conflict that they were leaving out. And as a result, it really painted Israel um, in, in this conflict as the unjust oppressor of the Palestinian people and, and the primary reason for why this conflict persists. Interesting. Um, but they were leaving out certain aspects like radical Islam. Uh, leaving out some of the context of, of the conflict, um, n- not not talking uh, about uh, Jewish people's connection to, to that land for several thousand years, and the influx of Jewish people uh, during uh, pogroms in the late 1800s of Europe and how they came back in what's known as uh, Aliyah, so waves of immigration, uh, and purchasing land and and making it sound like uh, the international community in 1947, when the UN agreed to partition the land, had made a mistake that they really shouldn't have allowed Jewish people back to their ancestral homeland to have their own state. And that that was the story that was being painted. And these films, they were being targeted to the Christian community. I see. And I know a lot about the history of Christian anti-Semitism. I think we spoke a bit about that Mm -hmm. uh, when I was on with you before. And to me, what uh, I was seeing was, is this the new anti-Semitism? Is anti-Zionism, anti-Israelism the new anti-Semitism? And when your friends are um, really uh, being persecuted, uh, you want to come to their defense. And uh, there's a quote by Elie Wiesel, the Jewish philosopher um, who passed away a few years ago, a Holocaust survivor. Yes. Uh, He said, we must always take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. Sometimes we must interfere. Mm. And I had this sense of, hey, Todd. (laughs) <laughs> I think we need to interfere. Uh-huh. And you've already made a film. Yeah. Uh, maybe we need to make a new one. So you immediately thought in terms of film. I absolutely did. I just, I believe that medium is very effective uh, in educating and effectuating change. Yeah. And uh, it's also a beautiful medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I just thought, let's let's see if we can make a film. And Todd was like, that's a great idea, but you have no idea how much it takes to make a film. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I want to do that again. Money is one issue, yes, but one it, of several issues, right? Yeah. yeah. So we, we began that process, though, of uh, casting vision and, and raising funds and ultimately got okay. provided. So what was the vision that you wanted to accomplish with Hope in the Holy Land? Well, we wanted to uh, present a more balanced picture uh, of the conflict, for one. Uh, but we also were challenged to, in that, you know, to, to support Israel, a lot of Christians do, I do, Todd does. Um, that's easy for us. But what about the Palestinian people? Mm-hmm. There was a, uh, an acquaintance of mine uh, at the church we were attending who was very involved in, in these issues. And he said to me, Justin, 
if your theology does not lead you to love your neighbor and your enemy, then something is wrong with your theology. Ouch. And as soon as he said it, it, it hit me. And I knew in that moment, I've got some soul work I need to do in regards to how I view the Palestinian people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we went into this with, okay, God, um, grow our hearts um, for the Arab people. Did you have the relationships? Now, in the film, of course, you spent time with both camps, so to speak. But did you have relationships in the Palestinian community that you could go to? And We did not have much. Uh, we, we had some acquaintances. We, we had to do our research. Uh, we, need to, we needed to ask our friends, um, you know, our Israeli friends, who are the Palestinian people we need, need to speak with? Mm-hmm. And they pointed us in the right direction. And uh, we opened up ourselves to talking to people on both sides yeah. uh, of the issues. And let me say, these are very honest conversations that you have on both sides that, that really was, I, I didn't know quite what to expect when I, when I viewed Hope in the Holy Land, but I came away with a deep appreciation for the, the full, fullness of the interviews. You know, you didn't shy away from, these, these are not minor league interviews you're doing here. Yeah, we, we handled... Um, the tough questions, mm-hmm. we, you know, we, we went after it. Uh, it was not always easy. Um, you know, Todd, Todd is the, the, the face uh, of the film, um, you know, and so if anybody who's listening right now, if they're, they're thinking they're going to see me in it, um, <laughs> there's a couple of places uh, where if you know where to look, yeah. you'll, you'll see me. But Well, I told you I laughed when I, when I thought of you as co-creator and producer of this and also the driver on the set. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got to be the driver to get us where we needed to be. And, um, you know, a lot of my work uh, was done before we got to there to, mm-hmm. to identify who were the people we yeah. needed to interview. Did you run into hostility at all with uh, with people being as open and honest with the questions as you were? Uh, we we did. There there was one particular place we were in a refugee camp uh, in obviously the Palestinian territories, and uh, we wanted to just spend some time getting to know a Palestinian family. Uh, and there was a, a group of men uh, who lived in that uh, village in that community who they were not happy we were there. Um, we see some of that in the film. And don't that's, we? that's yeah. there in the film. And they essentially ran us out and uh, they didn't want us there because they weren't happy that we were sharing both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. In fact, they, they said to us, there's no, there's not two sides to this story. There's, there's only one side and it's our side. Uh, and part of it too, is they, they want to unfortunately control the narrative. And there are mm-hmm. two really distinct narratives yeah. that, relate to the conflict. That fact is true on both sides, isn't it? It, it they is. They want to control the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's important, too, to understand, I think sometimes we, we look at the conflict and we think, well, all Israelis think one way and, and all Palestinians think another way. But that's not the case. There's, there's diverse views within both societies. And we especially bring that out within the Palestinian society. I think it's to be expected within Israel because it's a democracy. But the Palestinian society, it's not a democracy there. It's the, the people are essentially living under a dictatorship. And if you don't toe the line with the leadership, with, with the Palestinian authority, um, there's serious consequences. You, you can lose your job, and in some cases, you can lose your life. And so we brought out voices who you would call probably the dissidents uh, within Israeli society. I like to call them kind of the, 
the Dietrich Bonhoeffers or the Corey Ten Booms, mm-hmm. uh, those who are not willing to go along with the agenda and, and unfortunately, the agenda uh, for the Palestinian Authority and, and Hamas and, and other groups really has been a zero-sum proposition. It's all or nothing. Uh, let's just say there's really there's no room for Jewish sovereignty within the perspective of the leadership of the Palestinian people, sadly. We'll continue talking about this film titled Hope in the Holy Land, coming up in a moment on First Person. Hi, I'm Ed Cannon, the president of the Far East Broadcasting Company, and I'd like to invite you to join us on our podcast, Until All Have Heard, where Wayne Shepherd and I will take you on a virtual tour around Christian ministry in the most unreached places in the world to see what God is doing through the ministry of the Far East Broadcasting Company. So listen to the new weekly podcast until all have heard from FEBC. Listen at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. Or go to febc.org. My guest is Justin Crone. Justin is the founder of the Kesher Forum, an interdenominational gathering based in Chicago. It's for Christians who are interested in learning more about Jewish culture and building bridges with their Jewish friends and neighbors. And Justin is also the co-creator and producer of this film that we're talking about, which is now available widely. Uh, It's called Hope in the Holy Land, and we'll put information about how people can access this film in our program notes at firstpersoninterview.com. But you have a website as well. Yeah, uh, all the information you can find at uh, hopeinthelyland.com. And uh, even if your your church, your your group, Sunday school class, if you want to host a screening, you can you can do that. And there's information there yeah, for, that, for that. That leads me to ask, who is this film for? Who, who do you see the audience being? Our primary audience when we set out to do it uh, was the uh, Christian community, probably more so even evangelicals within the yeah. Christian community. But again, nobody's done it quite the way you've done it, uh, looking at both sides of the uh, of the equation here and loving your enemies. I mean, that's... That's what's driving this. It it, it really is, uh, and that is a lesson uh, that is applicable to all people in all places. To to learn to love your neighbor, to and to love your enemy, to to mm-hmm. love those who are opposed to you or your ideas or views. Uh, that's not easy to do, and and this film, although it is very much about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, what a lot of people have been telling us already is, wow, there there are some amazing parallels here between what's going on there and, mm-hmm. and what I see happening here in yeah. my country. Yeah, that's, that's, I thought of that as well as I, as I watched it. Um, a couple of serious questions coming up, but first, is there a story about the making that you just kind of have to smile at, uh, unexpected things that happened? or got to give us the inside story here. Oh, Justin. boy. <laughs> um, well, you know, you just need to know uh, there, there's, there, there's fights that happen. <laughs> Uh, among producers and and uh, directors and and stuff about what should be in it, what shouldn't be in it. Uh, I mean, even a lot of give and take. A huh? lot of give and take. Uh, <laughs> but we, uh, I mean, I think God brought together. So Todd Moorhead and the guy we brought on to to direct and edit the film, Jesse Schluntz and and myself. Uh, I think it was a, a God orchestrated wonderful uh, arrangement. Yeah, yeah. How long were you in the process of actually making the film? Yeah, so our first filming trip uh, happened in 2016. Wow. Uh, and Takes then, a long time, doesn't and it? And then we did uh, two two more successive trips, one in 17 and then 18, and then post-production, uh, and then COVID, <laughs> which which delayed things a yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, actually, I think that delay uh, enabled the film to really come out 
at a perfect time mm-hmm. um, because as we've seen here uh, in uh, the past couple of months, the ex- escalation yeah. of the conflict. Yeah, it's it's uh, reminding us how volatile the situation is. So we're we're very happy that uh, we can with, through the film speak into uh, the situation and and help viewers get a better understanding of the whys behind the what's of what they're seeing in the media. Well, with what has happened in the last uh, couple of months, it really points out the necessity of a film like this that can bring that balanced perspective that we need so much, a, a biblical perspective, but balanced as well. So what did what did you learn um, yourself personally? What, what happened in your own life and heart, Justin? Uh, I, you know, God absolutely grew my heart um, for the Palestinian people. Uh, you know, I have friends now, I could, Palestinians who I can call real friends. Mm. Uh, and believers and non-believers? Believers and non-believers. In fact, I would say probably uh, of all of them, my, my best friend in the midst of it is a, a secular Muslim um, who served us amazingly well in the course of making the film. He's in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish we could share his name. but mm-hmm. um, What did he do or say or what was he all about that attracted you to him? You, you'll see something he says in, in the film um, is that beyond beyond the politics, uh, it's about human to human, um, and and really learning who the Jewish people are and his intentionality in doing that. Absolutely beautiful, mm. uh, and this is someone who's putting his life at risk for doing that. I mean, think about it for us. I mean, if we st- step into yeah. certain areas and, and we love our enemies wherever we may be at, our lives are probably not going to be at risk. Mm-hmm. But for this guy, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his desire to, to stay in touch, to, to really genuinely um, just be a friend uh, has, has really uh, meant a lot to me. Interesting. Yeah. And you feel that will last for a long time. I, I really do. I, you know, he keeps telling me, I really look forward to, you know, having you come back. Um, I've got a tour to Israel scheduled for this November, and he's just thrilled um, and looking forward to, to having me. I look Good. forward to seeing him. Good. One of the most visible signs of the conflict is the wall, and you don't shy away from talking about it. We on, do not. On both sides of the wall, which is, again, fascinating, and the distinctive thing about this, this film, Hope in the Holy Land. I really do uh, think it's important for people to understand the, the issues, the, the hot-button issues there. And the film provides context yeah. to, to these, and the, the wall is certainly one yeah, of them. Yeah, I was deeply touched by some of the interviews that you did, both on the Palestinian side and on the Israeli side as well. The architect, for instance, who built the wall and said he looks forward to tearing it down. I mean, wow. Yeah. He, he says, you know, I would like to be the first person to, to take down this wall mm-hmm. if, if the opportunity ever presents itself for there to be real peace between us. He wants that wall down. Yeah. He doesn't want that wall up. Right. You'll see in the in the film, there's these little holes at the top of the cement barriers, and he calls them the holes of hope. And uh, it's it's one of the reasons why the film was named uh, Hope in the Holy because Land. Because that's the anchor point where the crane would remove the wall, those, those, those very holes. Yes. Yes. Interesting. And the hope, too, in this film is shown through people who are taking real risks to love their neighbors, to, to build friendships uh, across these ethnic lines, uh, working together, building together. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's so, so good to see. And we need to know that those people are there. And those are the people who really need our support. Right. 
Um, you also talk to some in some communities where uh, Arabs and Israelis are living in the same community together. Um, talk about that for a moment. Yeah, so there are places uh, where where Jews and Arabs uh, uh, are real neighbors and and are interfacing with one another on a on a regular basis. Uh, surprisingly, that actually exists in the West Bank or, mm-hmm. or Judea, Samaria. Yeah, I don't um, think we fully understand that. Yeah, uh, you know, it's and it's not a lot. Let's be honest; it's it's very similar to a lot of places where we live mm-hmm. here in our country, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, there are certain neighborhoods where certain yeah. ethnic or racial groups live, and other neighborhoods where other ones live, and not a lot of interaction, even though it could be just a few miles away. Um, but one of the great places where the interaction occurs is in some of the uh, Israeli-owned businesses in the West Bank. Okay. Um, and where there are Palestinian workers. In fact, about 70 to 80% of the workers in these factories are Palestinian. And uh, these people, there's, you'll, you, see, you saw in the film, um, they love working together. Yeah. Uh, they're friends. Uh, just like, you know, we become friends with the people that we work with. And how they see these factories, these these workplaces, as uh, places that are helping to break down those walls and and to build bridges of understanding. And very often, those workers live on the Palestinian side and have to come into through the wall, through the security checkpoints. Can you imagine living like that every day? No, it would be tough. Uh, it would probably be like having to travel from, let's say, you live in Mexico, and you work in Texas. Mm-hmm. And, and there are many Mexicans who actually do that. Mm-hmm. And they've got to wait in long lines to, to cross the border. Um, and so that's very similar for a lot of Palestinians. And a lot of them are motivated to, to do that because the Israeli economy is much stronger than the Palestinian economy. And, and they'll make sometimes up to five times uh, right. more working in Israel than they would. Yeah. So economic yeah. survival is... Is possible because of those jobs. It really is. And I also think it's one of the keys to uh, peaceful coexistence mm. uh, because when your economies are interconnected, uh, it really provides an impetus, if you will, for yeah. a greater cooperation. Yeah. So bottom line for hope in the Holy Land, what do you hope it's going to accomplish? And uh, we, we hope uh, for those who are on the pro-Israel side, uh, we we hope it'll grow your heart for Palestinians, and and for those who are on the pro-Palestinian side, we hope that it'll grow your heart for Israelis. More understanding. More understanding. Love your neighbor. It really is, mm-hmm. and uh, I think you'll really be encouraged and and challenged and inspired by that message. Justin Crone, the producer of the just released film Hope in the Holy Land. To learn more, follow the links we'll provide at firstpersoninterview.com. You've been listening to First Person, and our guest next week is Nick Ripken, a veteran missionary who's been working for many years with the persecuted church around the world. See our full upcoming schedule at firstpersoninterview.com. Earlier you heard about the podcast from the Far East Broadcasting Company called Until All Have Heard. I hope that you'll subscribe to this podcast from FEBC that features some of the many stories resulting from the hundreds of hours of radio programming produced by FEBC. Ed Cannon joins me on this podcast. Just search for Until All Have Heard at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other podcast platforms, or go to febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time for First Person. First Person.